Hey gang, welcome to Best Night Ever, a show where interesting people who do interesting things tell the story of their best night ever. I'm your host, Ian Hollihan. With me, as always, is Reggie Miller, the cat, not the basketball player. So you guys uh, notice anything different about me? Do I perhaps uh, sound a little different? Hmm? No? I don't think they noticed Reggie. Well, uh, if I do sound different, it's because uh, this past week I, I took my beard and I turned it into a mustache. And I got to say, people, I love it. I think I look really, really good. Not everyone does. Uh, a lot of the people closest to me, uh, they, they make it sound like the mustache is like I'm tucking my shirt in or something. I'm not tucking my shirt in, okay? Um, but I, I feel like I'm slouching less. I feel like I can take over the world with this thing. But I was talking to Reggie about it, and uh, we've decided to leave it up to you, the listeners of Best Night Ever, to decide if I should keep the mustache or grow the beard back. Send your vote to bestnighteverpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll reveal the results next week. Now, the best way not to miss the results next week is to freaking subscribe to the show. Um, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say freaking. I shouldn't be barking orders at you. It would just be cool if you did. How about this? A compromise. If you don't want to subscribe, that's cool. Uh, just please leave a review. And I think I am mature enough now to get possibly negative feedback. Um, but I'd, I, I, I prefer not. I prefer, uh, you know positive feedback our guest today is a comedian based uh right here in new york city but this person used to be the on-air wwe correspondent for yahoo sports and for aol build sports so this person's job was to talk about wrestling and this person loves wrestling every time i've talked to this person we mainly just talk about wrestling this person knows everything about wrestling eats it, breathes it, is passionate about it, is swimming in it. But listeners, what I'm about to tell you is going to twist the plot so much that you might not know the difference between up and down. I hope you're ready. This person who truly, deeply loves professional wrestling is a young, attractive, blonde woman. Bet you didn't see that coming. Nope. Twisted the plot. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, first off, uh, welcome. Uh, 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 thanks for coming. I hope you like it. Uh, second is that was sarcastic, Ian. Uh, that was that was a joke. I don't believe anything man-made uh, should be just for men or just for women. Uh, for example, I wear suave deodorant. I have since college. This isn't sarcastic, and this is just normal, everyday Ian. Uh, I like women's deodorant. I prefer lavender. I did it once on accident. Now I'm hooked. And you know what? I wouldn't be too shocked if I found out that there were a ton of wrestling fans who also like suave deodorant. Uh, I'd be more shocked. Uh, let me rephrase. I'd be shocked if someone had that statistic and they're telling me that. That's what would be shocking, not that they're actually using that deodorant. Anyways, and much like the fact that men and women can both use suave deodorant, men and women can both be super duper really into wrestling. You know, I guess you could say that uh, uh, suave deodorant is the WWE of the um, deodorant industry. Hmm. Think about that. Uh, I guess that would make secret uh, the WCW. Um, her name is Lucy Tobias and her online handle is LucyTWWE. Before we started the conversation, I forgot to tell Lucy that I only really know two things about wrestling, and that's diddly and shit. Uh, the diddly is enough where I know a lot of the pop culture references, but I really know nothing about wrestling. She assumed I did, and I think she assumes you do too. Uh, I, I know she mentions things that I have no idea what she's talking about, and she goes on a list of names that I have no idea who they are, but... I trust her enough to know that these names, uh, are, that these people are, you know, a big deal. Um, one name that she mentions in her story that, uh, for those of you who are like me and, and don't really know much about wrestling, um, if you don't know who this person is, uh, pause the episode and Google it. Uh, his name is Ric Flair. 
For those of you who don't have time to Google Ric Flair or just don't feel like it, uh, I'll, I'll do my best to give like a really brief description because I got to do everything around here. So Ric Flair is a celebrated wrestler. Uh, he was a wrestler for like 40 years. He was a bad guy and he called himself the nature boy. I don't know why because he had his clothes on the whole time and he wasn't like, it wasn't like his character was an animal. His character was just a bad guy who had like platinum blonde uh, bleached hair. And he's from the era of when wrestlers were more cartoon characters and human beings like uh, Randy Macho Man Savage or the Ultimate Warrior. Um, and this was when people would interview the wrestlers and all they would do is look at the camera and be really, really intense. Even though he was a, a bad guy or a heel, as they call it in the wrestling world, right now, uh, everyone just loves him because he's notoriously... Um, I don't want to... I'm not making fun of him. This is what other people are saying. I've never met the guy. He's known as uh, crazy, but in like a positive way. He's like the type of guy who walks into a bar, buys two rounds of shots for everybody. One round is for everybody and the other round is just for him. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he's older than religion. Lastly, uh, his catchphrase is, uh, woo! Uh, and in his interviews, he used to like end sentences with woo or sometimes woo, woo, woo. And to be honest, I mean, if, if there's any wrestling experts out there, uh, I think I did a pretty good job of, of, of explaining Ric Flair in a nutshell. Uh, if, if I didn't, um, I don't give a shit because this is a really good story. So when you have the time, if you didn't do it already, I highly, highly, highly recommend just searching uh, Ric Flair interviews or even like Randy Macho Man Savage interviews because they're insane. They're they're so bizarre and so entertaining because these wrestlers don't actually say anything. It's not like it's not about the words. It's about how intense they could be. And if me saying highly, highly, highly did not convince you, uh, I'm pretty sure you're listening to the story. Well, anyways. Before we listen to her best night ever, I want to talk to her about wrestling. Lucy, crazy excited to have you on the show, but before we start, there's something I have to get off my chest. And I, I can't be the only one that noticed this, and I can't be the only one that it bugs. Stone Cold Steve mm, Austin. Yeah. Megastar. Yeah. Like, he was he was wrestling. He was the WWF at the time. Stone Cold Steve Austin, every Tuesday morning, every ding-dong would say, oh, I missed the match. Did Stone Cold win? Which, we obviously, which, which you know, of course he would, because he was a good guy. Everyone loved Stone Cold Steve Austin. Then, this legacy guy shows up, Dwayne... The Rock Johnson. Yep. How is this kid going to show up and call himself a rock when there's already a goddamn stone? How did no <laughs> one talk about this? How did no one address this? And how did no one think about this? I like where you're going with that, but I don't think it was ever had because The Rock came from his nickname Rocky from when he was, when, when he debuted and he was sort of like the Samoan and he mm. was like Rikishi's, you know, part of that whole thing. So it wasn't the the name The Rock wasn't what he debuted as. It right. just sort of evolved. So this kid whose dad was a wrestler just shows up and he says, "I want to be called The Rock." And Stone Cold Steve Austin was just okay with that. Anyways, uh, sorry. Uh, full disclosure: I never got that into wrestling. Uh, so any questions I would ask uh, would be like, how did they get that muscle so big? You know. So what I did was I reached out to my listeners to see if there were any wrestling experts out there who had questions for you. And uh, some got back to me. And I'm going to ask you those questions. <sighs> Right now. So, first question is from little Louie Knowles from Austin, Texas. Louie Knowles, okay. Louie asks, which wrestler in the history of wrestling who's either dead or retired do you want to see come back the most? Chris freaking Jericho. Didn't even have to think about it. Did not have to think about that. Chris Jericho is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. He came up in WCW, went over to WWE. He's now big in New Japan, but I want him to come back to WWE. I know he doesn't because now he has a lot more creative freedom and things like that in New Japan, and he's got an amazing thing going there. I just think he like he is so talented in and outside of the ring, and he is so, so, so funny. Yeah. Also, can I continue on that question? Yeah, go nuts. If I was going to go for dead, I would want China to come back. She's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame finally with Degeneration X. 
this year, but I would love for her to come back because the women's division is like having a serious moment right now. And I would love to see like what she would do with that. Cool. Well, there you go, Louie. Next question is from cute little button-nosed Mikey Klein from Long Island, New York. Mikey asks, where do you think the coolest place would be to see a wrestling match? God, that's a really good question. I would like to see one on the beach. Not like beach bash, you know. I like the idea when WWE kind of takes things out of the ring. I think it would be cool if there was like a an Iron Man match or something just like full on in the sand in the Bahamas with like the pigs and Exuma like interfering and kind of have like some weird version of like a lumberjack match. But all the lumberjacks are actually like the pigs that are in the Bahamas and like have a Mai Tai for 10 minutes and then you'd come back and join the match again. I think something beachy would be would be a lot of fun. I think they could have a have some have a a good time with uh, making some fun stipulations. Cool. I'm sure uh, Mikey's appreciative of that. Uh, this last question comes from cute little innocent uh, Joey Strake in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, probably just wrapping up his paper route, uh, wearing overalls, and uh, he wants to know, are there any characters who are enemies in the ring actually uh, good friends outside of the ring? Oh my God, so many. Joe, yes. No, I mean, like Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax are famous best friends, and last year... When Nia kind of had her heel turned, they had her match at WrestleMania. I mean, they're still like best friends to this day. And I think, you know, that also is something that WWE fans and pro wrestling fans really got to look at when um, in the uh, 90s ended up breaking that fourth wall in that cage match and Vince McMahon got super, super, super pissed. But I think that that adds to the magic of wrestling because I think that it is entertainment at the end of the day. You know, they're all professionals. They're all coworkers. It's a business. And I think that's something I really, really, really enjoy about it is that they're actors, they're performers, they're stuntmen, they're incredible, incredible athletes. No, not everyone's going to get along like any workplace, but, you know, I think it's a testament to their craft and they have to have all these different skills. You know, they have to be able to act like their enemies. They have to be able to throw each other through tables. They have to be able to be thrown through tables. They have to be able to work the crowd. They have to be able to maintain kayfabe, which basically is just a fancy schmancy word for like their cover when they're in the ring. And I think that it takes all of that. And that's why I think wrestlers are very, very, very special people. Awesome. Thank you. But I have one more very important question for you. Um, What was your best night ever? Oh my gosh. Okay. My best night ever was a night in early April 2017. WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, Florida. Oh man, big fan of Orlando over here. Did, did you get to like hang out uh, and, and and see parts of the city that uh, aren't like, you know, um, crazy touristy and stuff? No, I mean, we were, we were in Orlando. So WrestleMania is Sunday. We got there like Friday morning. It's kind of like a Friday to Monday. So the reason I ask is there's this amazing bar called the Parliament House. It's uh, uh, an old motel. Uh, that was converted into this giant gay bar. Oh, I love gay bars. Uh, me too, me too. The way that the Parliament House is set up is that there's like a bunch of different bars within the motel. So it's like there's the dive bar and the biker bar and the Latin bar. So it's like bar hopping all within this like motel setting. It's so cool. I'd say it's easily my favorite bar in the this world. G- this gay bar in Orlando is your favorite part in the world. Oh, absolutely. I met Carrot Top there. Oh my God. Yep, and he was really nice. Uh, I asked him to take a picture, took a picture with me. Uh, later on, I reached out to him to be on the show and, uh, you know, he never responded. But Carrot, if you're listening, the invitation's still open. I'd love to have yeah, you on the Carrot show. Yeah, Carrot Top, come on, man. Anyways, Lucy, please continue with your story. So about two months prior to this best night ever, I had interviewed 
a WWE superstar named Lana. My job at the time, I was a on-camera WWE correspondent for Yahoo Sports and a, well, Build Series. Now it's called Build Series NYC. You know, she and I just like really got along. We were both newlyweds. She came by herself, which I thought was like super cool because like most celebrities, when you interview them, come with like their whole entourage. She was super, super sweet. And um, it was my first interview ever for WWE stuff. And I remember later that day, my friend had told me, oh, there was a dude in front who was like, who is this blonde bitch? And like, why is she doing the interview for wrestling? Like, what what does she know about wrestling? And then he ended up raising his hand during the audience Q&A and asking a question that you do not ask. She was asked, he asked a question about a storyline that had her cheating on her husband that got squashed by WWE. And there was like a photo of her and the wrestler that was in question that was staged by WWE. And she just like completely squashed the question and changed the subject. And we got off the stage and she was like, oh my God, that guy was an asshole. I mean, look, this we're not talking about just wrestling. So I'm not going to go into like my whole spiel about that. But you know, we don't <laughs> have to talk about wrestling. We talk about whatever you want. No, I just, I think that it's like one of those things, especially now, and I know that that saying of especially now that like the world's gone to shit is kind of an old saying even in the past two years, but um, it's just fun. And I think anyone that takes themselves too seriously, and I've been, I have been called out so many times for being a female wrestling fan and for interviewing superstars and for my wrestling journalism and for, you know, being at wrestling events as a wrestling fan as a woman and... It, like, sucks, but at the same time, it's like, you know what? If you can't, like, welcome new wrestling fans to your community, then what are you doing? Everyone should want more wrestling fans as a wrestling fan because guess what? That means more ticket sales. That means more money. That means more programs. That means more merchandise. That means more fun shit for you to consume. Yeah. And I bet that, actually, I was about to say something really mean about wrestling fans. I was about to say, like, you know, as a middle-class white man in his 30s, surely I know everything, and I bet most wrestling fans don't really understand that, but that's stupid. A lot of them don't, and but it, but then you but then you get into a larger conversation, right, right, right. about it's all about sexism, it's not really wrestling, because it's the right. same thing if you walk around with a Ramon shirt, dude will be like, roll your name five Ramon songs. Right, yeah. It's the same thing. I found this shirt, sir. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think, frankly, when I got my confidence in, like, being a wrestling personality or whatever, because this wrestler was here telling me that guy was an asshole, and that was the guy who was like, I should be doing the interview, and yada, yada, yada. But so she gave me, we we exchanged numbers, and WrestleMania 33 was coming up in Orlando, Florida. My ex-husband, man I was married to at the time, was, he got us tickets to WrestleMania, and we were going down to Orlando anyway. So I mentioned it to her and uh, she was like, oh my God, you have to text me when you guys get down there. Like, I'm going to do some stuff with NXT. NXT is a developmental program for WWE, but essentially it's also another brand of WWE. So there's a whole different set of superstars, different storylines. And so I think they had just like done some more storylines for Lana and NXT. So she had, when I, when I say she went back down to NXT... That just means that she was just working on, a, on another show for a little while. So fast forward to two months later to my best night ever. We were at the pool all day long. We got super, super, super wasted. This is like a PG-13 slash R-rated podcast, right? So I like to say we are the Billy Madison of podcasts. Okay. Uh, meaning uh, you can get pretty vulgar. Okay. Uh, you can get pretty salty. Okay. Like Use the other no-no words as much as you want, but you only get one F word. Okay. Call me out though if I'm saying it too much because I curse like a sailor. 
And so we were really, really, really wasted at the pool. And then this was the day before WrestleMania 33. So we were like, oh, you know, we'll just have like an early night. And, you know, oh, we hear there's a nice sushi bar at the adjoining hotel. So we were staying at the Ritz and the JW Marriott was the adjoining hotel where you could like go through like a little walkway tunnel thing and get to the lobby at the JW Marriott, which also had like a nice sushi bar and a wine bar and a little patio. So we were like, okay, we'll make a reservation there for like eight o'clock and we'll just make sure to just like take it easy because we do not want to be hungover for WrestleMania. Famous last words. So we go over there and it's kind of eerily empty. It's a massive marble lobby at the JW Marriott. There's a beautiful bar like they told us at the concierge. We walk over, sit down, order some sushi rolls, order a couple glasses of white wine. And then I noticed that there's like like wrestling fans with wrestling t-shirts lurking. I'm in like a nice dress and heels because I'm like, well, I'm on vacation. People are just standing around. I'm like, oh, I wonder maybe there's a couple wrestlers that happen to be staying at this hotel. One wrestler who is exiled from the WWE right now, Enzo Amore, he kind of walks by and he's taking photos of everyone. And I've got a couple glasses of wine and I'm, you know, starting my wrestling blog and things like that. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go and um, see if I can get a photo with him. So I go take a picture with him and go back and sit down at the bar. The bar is still empty. Then start to notice that there's um, Orlando sheriffs. Like they look like they're from Super Troopers or something. There's two entrances to the restaurant. It's like all open, right? But there's no door. So there's like these two kind of entrances with some marble steps down to the bar restaurant area and they start roping it off so we're like eating it's it's also eerily empty in this restaurant so we're just kind of like this is weird that there's nobody in this restaurant it's a really beautiful big sushi bar like there's no one here it's a huge hotel too all of a sudden we hear this like kerfuffle it's sort of like it's not like you know it's a cat fight we there's we heard a cat fight so we turn around and um i'm not gonna name any names But we saw one female wrestler screaming at another female wrestler who had not been getting much airtime in WWE. So one of them was in the realm of a champion. Just, I don't want to be giving anything away and get in trouble. So she basically is getting, the the woman who was exiled from WWE and wasn't getting any airtime, she starts getting pulled away by security. And so I kind of turn my head and I'm like, oh my God, that's so-and-so yelling at so-and-so because she's getting dragged like oh my god like this is insane she's also married to another wrestler and so then i noticed that like that guy is sitting with and like that's that's definitely them definitely 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 them they get and so this woman gets escorted out as she's screaming later i saw it on the internet and i was like oh my god like i was literally five feet away like having like salmon sushi no wasabi and like a chardonnay <laughs> then we're just kind of like okay like just play a cool i don't know i guess there must be some wrestlers that are staying here so then we're sitting there and then start to notice oh seamus walks in the bar and sits down oh my god there's renee young and dean ambrose and lita and renee's family just having some dinner renee young is the oh my god she's my idol she is the first now she is the first ever female commentator for monday night raw and um she's amazing if any wrestling fans are listening i'm sure you know who renee young is and she is married to dean ambrose who is a wrestler who's very well liked he's part of the shield on and off and so at the time too i had a card a life-size cardboard cutout 
of Dean Ambrose in my bedroom. And then as the night progresses, we're sort of just acting natural. And the sheriffs are still there and they're not letting anyone in to this restaurant that we're just sitting at the bar of. More and more wrestlers start trickling in. So we go outside for a cigarette. We're just both, oh my God, oh my God. Like it felt like a dream, you know? We're just, also we have been drinking all day so we felt very foggy anyway. So he's having a cigarette. At this point, it's probably 9.30 at night and we've just been kind of like sitting there and someone's like, oh, hey, is this he taken? No, not at all. Oh my God, that's Eric Bischoff. We come back in from having a cigarette. Seamus and and Rusev are very good friends. And Rusev is the husband of the female wrestler, Lana, who I had interviewed two months prior. That I'd exchanged numbers with and she and I were joking about having foreign husbands. My ex was from England and things like that. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, we have to, they, they, they took our seats at the bar. We still have frick ton of sushi. Our bottle of wine is there, but they took our seats. You don't go up to Rusev and Seamus and be like, oh, you took our seats. Like, please move. We walk over and I just, we're just like playing dumb. Well, that's a lie. My ex-husband was wasted and embarrassing the shit out of me. But I was just like, I'm just going to play dumb and just be like, hey. So I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's our sushi. We were sitting here. So they turn around and they're like, oh, sorry. And then I go, oh my God, you're Rusev. And he goes, yeah, he's from Bulgaria. Yes. And I'm like, oh, I'm Lucy from AOL. I interviewed your lovely wife two months ago for Total Divas. Takes him like a second. And then he's like, oh, yes, Lana, yes, CJ, she loved AOL. She loved AOL. And so I was like, yeah, I actually like texted her earlier today to see if you guys wanted to join us in our cabana. And he was like, oh, yes, yes, she's at uh, NXT all day and evening because that night, the night before WrestleMania, they do NXT shows. She had gone back down to NXT for a little while. So he's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll text her right now to tell her to come. Sorry if, sorry, Rusev, if you're listening to this, my accent, my impression of you is awful. So then, you know, they kind of like do that awkward thing where when you get back into your seats at a bar and then the people that were sitting there or standing there kind of uncomfortably stand behind you, except these were 300 pound, six foot seven men who could like rip you apart and you're just like oh my god so then we'll just like casually keep eating sushi i guess because this is normal well well then lana comes down from her hotel room because the rusev was texting her and was like oh I, I met your best friend she was down here being a funny person so she comes down and she's like oh my god hi and i'm just like beside myself that like this incredible wrestler woman is just like Coming up to me and being like, oh my God, hi. And like giving me a hug. And more and more people are coming in. Eric Bischoff comes in. Edge comes in. Christian comes in. The the Usos are behind us at one point And we're just like casually talking about like Florida. Ric Flair came in. Ric Flair came up right behind me. He's like, oh, what's everyone drinking? And funny story. That's an awful impression of Rick. I'm not good at impressions in case you can't tell. I don't know. But you know, he like can't really, he, he's very, he's, he's old and he has been through it. I mean, that man has, woo, woo. That's maybe better. That was good. Yeah. That was good. But it's funny because my stepdad was engaged to his ex-wife. So they were friends in Raleigh. Not friends, but they ran the same circle. And so right when I started watching wrestling, my mom and my stepdad were out to dinner in Raleigh and they ran into Rick, Rick Flair and they, you know, said, Hey, and had a drink. And so my stepdad and my mom sent me a picture of my stepdad with Rick Flair. And I was like, how, what, how are you with Rick Flair right now? And so he explained that apparently every time Rick Flair and his ex-wife, who was the woman who was engaged to my stepdad, 
that broke up with my stepdad and married Ric Flair. When Ric Flair and this and, and his ex-wife would get in fights, she used to say, you know, I could have married Bob Ward. So when Bob Ward, my stepdad, approached the table of Ric Flair and all of his buddies, Ric Flair was like, this is the guy. This is Bob Ward. This is who she always threw in my face. I could have married Bob Ward. So it's like a funny thing. So anyways, that was a really long-winded way of saying that I turn around to Ric Flair. I go, Rick, Bob Ward is my stepdad. And he freaks out. Bob Ward, woo, baby. Bob Ward, Bob Ward, woo, let's do shots. Like, I mean, he was just like insane. He was super, super, super sweet, super, super, super friendly. And then meanwhile, like Eric Bischoff is across the bar. So we're kind of stationed with like Lana and Rusev and Seamus. And um, Rusev at one point kind of turns to Seamus. He's like, hey, you think we should send a shot over to Eric, invite him over for a shot. Cause you know, like I said earlier, it's all a business and there's a lot of, res- everyone has a lot of respect for everyone. And that's why I think it's easy to be a wrestling fan as an adult. You know, you understand the professionalism and that it's like kind of it's sports entertainment. Like that's what we need to keep driving home. Right. You know, then they're like, Oh, Eric. And so Eric Bischoff just walks over and does shots with us. You know, we were like joking with John and Jey Uso. We were, I think, I think Lana was really the only woman that I remember being there. And Renee and Dean like kind of went up early and had, you know, they had dinner with their parents and bounced. And I just remember at one point beelining to, I think it was right after Lana had got there, um, just absolutely beelining over to the bathroom, which was back to that hallway. And freaking out that I wasn't going to be let back in for some reason. And calling one of my friends and just being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You don't understand. You don't understand. Like, I am literally drinking with all these wrestlers and eating with, like, this is insane. Like, they're all so cool and so down to earth and so nice and so much fun. And, like, we're literally just hanging out at, like, the sushi bar. And we're the only people that are not employed by the WWE. Like, this is nuts. And then I like ran back and I remember just being so, so, so nervous that I wasn't going to be able to be let back in, but I was. And then it kind of clicks that the reason, A, we're not getting kicked out at all. And B, like we were, I'm not even, we were the only people that were not employed by the WWE in this entire 2000 square foot sushi bar. And and mind you, while this is all happening, You know, like I said earlier, where the sheriffs are standing, there's all these fans just crowding, trying to take photos, trying to sneak in. And we're just like sitting there having our Chardonnay like, okay, well, just like this is so normal. But so anyway, so it hits me that the reason this is all gravy and the reason why all these wrestlers are just like, yeah, what's up? Sure, I'll take a shot. It's like, what's your name? Is because we're not acting like crazy fans and because we're not asking for pictures with them and because we're not like freaking out. So that was overall one of the funny things about the night is that we had no proof of any of it. (laughs) So it's like this best night ever, right? But there's no photos, there's no videos, there's no social media updates. It's sort of just like this weird figment of the imagination, but it's like, no, 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 we know what happened. And then I don't really remember anything else. Next morning, I thought I actually might die. There was throw up all over my hotel room. We woke up at maybe like 3 or 4 p.m. WrestleMania started at 6 p.m. 
But then the cool thing was that when we finally did get to WrestleMania, you know, like in like, are you afraid of the dark? You think, oh, no, it's all just a dream. And then you have that one real tangible item that's in your bedroom from the night. And you're like, oh, it really did happen. A couple of those wrestlers that we were hanging out with the night before winked at us as they exited the ramp. That was our, are you afraid of the dark moment where you find the real clown like in your closet? You know, like, okay, so that did all happen. It was not just a dream. It was the best night ever. That's awesome. You know, you you never used your, your F word. Not everyone uses it. Can I say, it was the best fucking night ever. Uh, you sure can. <laughs> and you did. That was great. And I did. Awesome, awesome story, Lucy. Thank you for that. Listeners, my grandfather was a sailor. I never heard him curse once. My grandmother, that's a different story. So, not all wrestling fans are uh, oafish men, and not all sailors um, have potty mouths. So... Anyway, you should totally follow Lucy on Instagram. Her handle is LucyTWWE. You should totally subscribe to her YouTube channel. It's LucyTWWE. Since we're in the zone of following, why don't you go ahead and follow Best Night Ever Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter. It's BNE Podcast. I wanted it to be a Best Night Ever Podcast, but it's too dang long. You can check out our website, which is BestNightEverPodcast.com, to see original artwork that pertains to every episode, including this one. Oh, and I'll uh, put up that picture of me and Carrot Top. Theme song, as always, was provided by Ghosts of Lester Bangs. Background music for today's episode was provided by Sci-Fi Horror horror folk punk band Dougie Flesh and the Slashers. You can find them on Spotify. You can find them on Bandcamp. You can find them on YouTube. And you can find them in the flesh in Orlando. Well, hey, wasn't our story based in Orlando? It was. So, folks, next time you're in Orlando, hit up Dougie Flesh, and the two of you can go to the Parliament House. I'm telling you, it's the best bar in the world. And I am kind of sure that Doug will be way down. The Parliament House is located at 310 North Orange Blossom Trail, Orlando, Florida, 32805. If you do go, tell T. Divine, Ian says hi. Folks, whether you're listening to this in the morning, afternoon, or night, I hope it's the best ever. See you next time.